From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight, outstanding improvements, innovative revenue tools, and just who is in the pocket of Big Nick. All this and more. This meeting is now in session. Are we are we ready to get the meeting? Started? You can betcha. We, can we get this going? I am so ready. Do we have quorum tonight? Does it look? No, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't think we do. Okay. Well, one day we'll get quorum. I'm, I'm certain of it. But we'll take, I'll take attendance anyway. Okay. Okay. We have, uh, first, uh, do we have, uh, Dance Helop? Dance Helop. Dance no, Helop. No. no. No? You know, now that I look at it, I think I've mixed up the letters. It's actually Paul Duchenne. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I bumped into your Scrabble table again. Uh, you should stop. I was I was about to, like, bingo oh. my next move. Thank you so much. Sorry. Right. So, Paul Duchenne and Randy Amango. Do we have um, Randy Amango? No, I wish we did. Yeah. I, I wish we did. He sounds like such a cheery chap. He, he, is, he is a hoot is at he? parties. Yeah. Also, but I'm worried that he doesn't exist because I think he's an anagram for Aiden Morgan. Oh, that would be you. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm You're here. not nearly as fun as a mango. I know. I know. I, I pale in comparison. You do. Yeah, that's true. Well, but, well, we every, still like you. So everybody's yeah. here, which is nice. Okay. Yeah. So we can get this whole thing started. Yeah. Uh, I believe uh, tonight we have a, a potential improvement vector. I believe we do. Uh, hello, Improvement Vector Potential. Uh, hello. Hi. 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 You are Barbara Tomparowski. I sure am. I'm very certain who I am. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you are. Glad this somebody is, down here this is. This bodes well. Yeah. I so, Barbara, you're the uh, chair of the Cathedral Village Arts Festival? Yes, that's right. And I'm sure you've heard of us. But uh, just in case you spend too much time down here in the bowels of City Hall, mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So the festival is now in its 25th year. It's a very important anniversary for us. So I'm really happy to be here on your show today to talk to you about that. The Arts Festival is this fabulous community event that's put on by a festival planning committee of about 20 people with the help of 300 community volunteers. And I haven't been involved in the festival for that many years, but as I understand it, it started by the Cathedral Area Community Association, who noticed the number of artists living in the neighborhood and thought it would be great to share that wealth with the Regina community. So they organized what was initially a one-day festival with just a couple of events, and it was so wildly successful that by the very next year it expanded to its current six-day format. So now we're at the point where we have 100 activities every year that attract up to 40,000 people. Wow. Um, you know, my takeaway from all that, ha- have you noticed that the um, the acronym that you get from Cathedral Area Community Association spells CACA? Has anybody pointed that out before? I'm afraid not. Oh. You know what's even funnier? What's even funnier? Cathedral Village Arts Festival is CAVAF. That's so funny. Which is a really bad way to spell CARAF. It is. Yeah. It's the worst way I can imagine, actually. I know, me too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, that's uh, so. The it's the 25th anniversary. You said 
That's right. Of the festival. Um, do you have anything special planned to mark this uh, event? We've got a number of great events. One that I hope all of your listeners will come out to and that you two will emerge from the basement to join us at we'll is try. called 5 by 5 So okay. that's going to be on Friday, May 27th in the evening under the Big Top in Holy Rosary Park. And what that involves is a five-act production with our five key festival disciplines. So music, theater, literature, visual arts, and dance. And we're going to have some really great uh, performers throughout that event, ranging, including uh, Marshall Burns from Rara and a number of others. Oh, nice. That sounds like it'll be fun. Oh, I think it'll be great. And on top of that, we're going, we have some artists and residents who are working on some special projects to commemorate the event. So uh, Josh Goff, who's best known for the mural inside of Brandy's Convenience Store every year, is going to mentor a couple of young people in learning the whole business of doing murals over the summer. So everything from selecting locations to talking to the business or property owner to make sure it's okay, to how to plan their mural and how to budget for it, to actually executing it. So they'll be doing artwork throughout the neighborhood. And then Evie Ruddy is a digital storyteller who will be doing some short video interviews with people about the history of the festival and why it's important in the neighborhood and all kinds of other things. Oh, that sounds cool. We should maybe think about getting Evie on, uh, into a meeting here. Maybe we should bring her on for the April 7th meeting. Maybe we should do that. Maybe she's already booked. Who knows? That is possible, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, sorry. So uh, you mentioned how many volunteers did you say you guys need? Well, 300 in total. Okay. So this, this isn't run by like a bunch of staff people. This is a, this is a volunteer driven event. It is. And that's one of the things that makes the festival so unique, besides the fact that it's free for everyone to attend. So I really hope everyone will come out and enjoy that great opportunity. But the festival is hosted every year by the Cathedral Area Community Association Board. They provide some staff support, and I'm thankful every single day for the hard work that our staff do. And then the majority of the planning and organization is taken on by the Festival Planning Committee. So there's these about 20 people who meet a few times throughout the year leading up to Festival Week, which, by the way, is May 23rd through 28th this year. And then uh, the planning committee have to work with all these other volunteers who do a lot of the actual activities that go on during Festival Week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the volunteers, they do they have to be people? Well, we usually prefer people to cats or fish, but... Uh, okay, well, there are several volunteers that, that actually I was thinking of, but obviously they're not... <laughs> they're not uh, suitable? Not not quite as suitable. Right. So, so I'll have to tell Mittens just how sorry I am that, that she can't volunteer. So is Mittens a cat or your actual Mittens? Uh, I th- I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> My, my mittens, like, they look very feline, so I've, okay. yeah. Right. I've, I haven't eaten, like, a solid meal in several days down here, so I get confused. And that happens. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, what kinds of volunteers are you guys looking for this year? Because I imagine you, you're probably in the state now where you're, like, hunting around for people to, like, help out with this event. Oh, think, for sure. I think we covered that just last question. Did that I? We wanted people and not, like, yeah. mittens. Okay. <laughs> but but if there's more to add on this subject. Yeah, no, but I mean what's what specific people are you like in need of? Or like are there gaps in your volunteer schedule right now? Well, you know, no matter what kind of volunteer opportunity you're looking for, there's a great opportunity for you. So we need people to give a few hours during festival week for some very specific kinds of tasks. We need people who are willing to take on a project for two or three months out of the year. And we need people who are willing to learn all about the festival committee and help throughout the year and organizing all these great events. 
So some of the things that we're particularly looking for right now are things like uh, people who are great with audio and video to help with uh, organizing the technical aspects of the performances. We need help with our website. Parade marshals, so people to ensure that everyone stays on the brand new parade route and is safe along the way. Um, helping set up stages and sound equipment and organizing our two famous parades. So just during Festival Week, there's a huge number of tasks that anybody could do, and we'd love to have your listeners come out. Hmm. Right. Um, so two parades. Two parades. So the festival kicks off with a parade on Victoria Day. That's Monday, May 23rd. And it'll start, uh, go down 13th Avenue. There's a new route, which, and the only thing I'm sure about the new route is that it goes by my house. So don't bother asking me more than that on that topic. <laughs> but uh, they're going to keep me and everybody else on this new route. And it'll end up at Les Sherman Park in, in front of the Neil Balkwell Center. And there will be a stage there. One of the things that will be on the stage is a preview, a cameo performance of that 5x5 five five gala event I mentioned. A number of other performances are being lined up and a family and community picnic. Cool. And then the second parade is? On the day of the street fair, the always right. fabulous, ever-popular street fair, which mm -hmm. also includes all of these vendors, artisans out selling their wares, uh, food trucks. And that night, and indeed many other evenings, there will be other art performances, musical events, theater. Um, one special thing this year is that New Dance Horizons is celebrating their 30th anniversary. And since it's our 25th and their 30th, we've invited them to do a special performance that day on Saturday, May 28th. Nice. Nice. Um, okay, just sorry to go back to the volunteering. Uh, it seems to me though that people you talked on one hand there are the uh, you know there's the organizational side and the you know setting up sound and light stuff, but there's like stuff that anybody could do just walking in off the street if they just want to get their feet wet. Oh, sure. With the festival, like... Well, everything from selling hot dogs to helping with uh, street fair marshals. So on the day of the street fair, because you could have 35,000 people coming through, uh, there's a few hundred booths with artisans and vendors and businesses and so on. So you can imagine that there is something could, heaven forbid, go wrong that day. Uh, lost child or any number of other things. And we need about 50 people to be street fair marshals to deal with all those kinds of issues. So yeah. that's one area where I know we're needing some help. Yeah, and you also have people who just like hang out at shows and oh, like absolutely. collect donations and just basically they're just like sitting on their butts, yeah. uh, greeting people at the door and then enjoying like the fine musical acts that will be mm -hmm. entertaining the folks in the evenings. Yeah, I have to say I did that last year and that's one of the probably the best gigs during Festival Week because as you've just said, uh, you get to enjoy all this wonderful free entertainment that night and all you really have to do is greet people, um, make sure that everyone's having a good time, maybe collect some donations and introduce the acts. It's a wonderful way to spend an evening. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so we're here on uh, CJTR. 91.3 FM, Regina Community Radio. That's us. I know. Yeah, the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Um, do you, um, the, the other side, though, is the organizing side. I'm sorry to hammer on this volunteering thing, but um, my impression is that getting people to, like, sit on a board for, because basically once this festival ends, you guys are going to be starting to, you know, organize the 26th. That's right. Festival. In fact, we're already thinking about the next year. Yeah. It's Canada's 150th anniversary of Confederation coming up. So, you know, we better be planning now. Yeah. And so you need people to, you know, basically decide what the festival is going to look like next year almost right away. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Is so it tough getting people to do that? Because that's a lot of responsibility for a long time. 
Uh, yeah, I think um, it's hard for a lot of the nonprofit groups I work with to get board members. The area of volunteerism that seems to be growing is around people who want shorter project-driven events. So, for example, I'll just give you one small example. Uh, with the increased focus now on public safety and the weird weather that we and many other places are having, a lot of festivals and events and organizations are realizing that they had better have some kind of plan just in case, heaven forbid, you had a natural disaster. Ooh. So this would be the first year that the festival is working on a, a disaster plan. And again, not to alarm your listeners, let's hope we don't need it. But just in case, you know, I think it's wise that we have one. So we actually have a few volunteers working on what would that look like. So by disasters, you mean things like if there was, say, some flooding exactly. or a fire exactly. or a zombie apocalypse. Absolutely. I'm most concerned personally about the zombie apocalypse. Same. Yeah. yeah. We had a whole show dedicated to that, actually. Yeah. So, so we, could, we could send you our notes. Absolutely. I'm sure we'd love to see them. Awesome. And so that's just one example of something unusual. Like in a lot of these other nonprofit and volunteer groups I deal with, it's the first time, you know, I've ever seen a group think about drafting its own disaster plan, right? But we have all kinds of committees that do everything from marketing communications to trying to get new sponsorships for this growing, exciting new festival. So it's a great way for people to feel good about giving back to their community, to get to know their neighbors, and to learn some new skills. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've actually come up uh, with uh, with a suggestion for improvement for the uh, for the Cathedral Village Arts Festival because that's what we do. Yeah, I mean this is this is our job, uh, and you can you can take this back to the board, you know, in the committee. Maybe maybe it'll work. See, the thing is, I love parades, and everybody loves parades. The only disappointing thing is when the parade ends. So I'm thinking that if you made the parade route fairly short but kept the numbers high, you could actually create an infinitely looping parade that would actually never, ever end. I'll be sure to tell that to our parade coordinator. I mean, the other advantage is is that you have it going, and then you don't need to like have a new parade the next festival, because it'll just still be there when you come back. What a great idea. Thank you. I mean, I know it's a great idea. That's what we do. But yeah. Yeah. Is it, would there be a way to like make it portable so that we could bring this infinite parade to the other events through the year? So like the folk festival, we could loan them. Yeah, we just the have to change. Fest. We just have to change the parade markers so they'll actually divert to another route. Brilliant. And then just we just, I mean, they should probably be made aware when they volunteer that they'll be doing this parade for the rest of their natural lives. Mm-hmm. But you know, they grow old. We get new people in. It just may, maybe families will start up along the way. That's brilliant. And if we could find some way to harness the energy that they're generating from their constant parading. Yep. Maybe a piezoelectric mat that will actually, like, generate power. Yeah. We're just trying to help. Well, I appreciate that. If any of your volunteers or any of your listeners are interested in volunteering, feel free to look us up on our website for Cathedral Village Arts Festival or cvaf.ca. And there's actually a volunteer tab on there, or you could contact us with the information on the website, and I'm sure we'll find some way to put all of these great ideas to use. Um, so what I really want to know, though, is if I volunteer for your festival, what do I get out of it? Well, besides the uh, joy of giving something back to your community and a parade, parade. well, we have uh, an amazing festival T-shirt coming up this year, I have to say, and there will be a wind-up party for all the volunteers. So we really want to treat our volunteers well and show them that they're appreciated. So I hope you will volunteer and come get your T-shirt and come to the wind-up party. Oh, and I was just hoping for a couple pop tickets at uh, at the concession. Yeah, I think we give those out too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
I think too, though, like one of the things about volunteering for something like this is that you become part of the, um, don't want to get like, you know, sappy about it, but like the larger arts festival family. Well, I think that's mm-hmm. so true. You know, I didn't know about all of these different arts organizations and heritage groups and everything else until I started doing this. And so it really is a way to expose yourself to all kinds of different things you might never have known anything about or done before. And one thing people get out of volunteering, too, is this opportunity to develop leadership skills and to mentor others. So in my case, for example, I started off as a dance performer. I performed in the festival for many years. I live in the neighborhood, so I went to the festival for many years. And a former chair asked me if I'd coordinate a couple of dance events for her. I said, no problem. And actually, don't maybe don't tell your listeners, but dance coordinator is a pretty cushy job, too. There's not that many <laughs> events to coordinate on it. If anyone's looking for an easy place to start and they're interested in dance, that's a good one. But after a couple of years doing that, then suddenly they asked me to be chair, and that's how I get to be here today. Right on. What kind of dance do you do? Belly dancing. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yes. Right on. Is, are you going to be performing this year as well? Well, sadly, it's chair or dance, you know? Oh, really? So, <laughs> but there will be uh, many other excellent belly dancers and other dancers oh. at the festival. Oh. So when they said, you can be the chair, then they paused and said, but you can never dance again. <laughs> well, they asked me to emcee this 5x5 five five event on Friday, May 27th. So, you know, it's one or the other. Fair enough. Sure. Oh. Uh, what about kids? Can kids volunteer? I think uh, certainly by the time people are teenagers, yeah, there's lots of jobs. Like when I was dance coordinator last year, for example, we had young people in the venue doing things like introducing the acts and so on. So that's a great way for them to get their first public speaking experience. Um, I don't know about younger kids. You know, I'd have to ask our, our volunteer coordinator, who unfortunately could not join me here tonight, but she really wanted to come. Cool. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So um, you, you've already run through like where people can get in touch with you guys um, on the arts, the, the arts festival website, the Facebook page. Yes, we have a great Facebook page. So it's up to about sixteen hundred uh, people on it, and I would love to get to two thousand this year. So please join up Cathedral Village Arts Festival Facebook page and follow us on Twitter too. Okay. What's your Twitter address? I think it's CVAF twenty sixteen. All right. And hashtag, hashtag something, hashtag CVAF2016, maybe. I believe so, yes. I'm sorry I I don't tweet. Uh, That's okay. That's the only form of communication we're allowed down here. Okay. (laughs) That and Morse code. We just bang on the pipes when we need food. I wondered what that was when I was coming down the stairs. We were actually asking for, like, a, a subway sub. So if you knew Morse code, I don't actually know Morse code. I'm just hoping for the best when I bang on the pipes. Yeah. All right, so what do you think, Aiden? Does Barbara count as a an improvement vector? Uh, I, given given the preponderance of evidence and her willingness to accept the uh, endless parade idea, yeah. I think yes. I think you are indeed uh, an improvement vector, and we'd like to present you with this certificate, a signed certificate, no less. It's official. Oh, let's see. It is indeed official, an improvement vector by the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Well, thanks so much. It's suitable for framing. It is. And it comes with its own uh, manila envelope. Thank you. I'll treasure this. And let me say that this has been the most interesting interview I've ever had. Really? It has been. Oh, nice. Thanks. Cool. Well, um, we're going to move on with the agenda for tonight's meeting, but uh, please feel free to stick around. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, yes. Our pleasure. All right. What's next up, Aiden? Uh, I believe, uh, as you know, every... um, Every week we try to come up with uh, innovative revenue tools to uh, to help the city generate some more revenue. Yeah. Uh, because uh, they, as always, the city seems to be fresh out of ideas. 
Uh, so, and so That's it falls, our city. falls on us yeah. to, to come up with the ideas like, to keep our, our coffers full. Yeah. And I believe this week you have, uh, have an idea. I do. I have something that was submitted to us by the, um, the Abstraction Monetization uh, Concept Committee. They, that is such a vital committee. They don't it meet is. very often. They don't. No. They don't. Um, but uh, the idea that they have this year um, is, and, and discussion is, has erupted on the social media, as they tell me. Yes. Uh, about the name of Davin School. Right. And the concern is, is that um, uh, Davin School, the Davin for which it's named, had uh, written a report about residential schools that, uh, in hindsight, seems a tad racist. A little, little bit on the, little bit on the, little bit on the race, side. On yeah, the, little, yeah. yeah, the racist side of things. Yeah. And so there is this, there's this suggestion upon the social media is that perhaps it's time for us to revisit the name of Davin School and come up with something a little less offensive to a large number of people in the city. But but if you were to say name at the Tommy Douglas School, well then there's a, there's yet another pitfall. Yeah, there. even That's Tommy what? Douglas, the much beloved figure of Saskatchewan mythology. Yes, as Murray Mandrick pointed out, once held eugenic beliefs as well. Exactly. So, so what do you do? Where can you go to find these, like, perfect names? Well, that's the problem. It just seems like, you know, with these with frail and fickle people, it always turns out that there's some skeleton in their closet further down the line, and we simply can't trust a human being to have their name on a thing that won't wind up being offensive at some point. Yeah. So, therefore, the committee feels that um, the only entity that we can place our trust in into the indefinite future are corporations. Pretty much. And so their suggestion is that we should just take away all the names on our schools and sell the naming rights to the many corporations in the world. Imagine like Wrigley's Spearmint Gum Secondary. Exactly. Because no corporation would ever embarrass us by something it does. Never. Absolutely not. And then, I don't know if you recall, but uh, earlier on, uh, at, a, at an earlier meeting, we uh, we delved into the whole uh, street naming controversy controversy that uh, the Queen City has faced. And the committee thought, you know, a way to solve that would be just to get rid of all of our street names and offer those all up for sale to corporations. A great idea. Yeah. we the, the goal would be to blanket the city with so many, like, labels and logos that we would look like a, a NASCAR car. Fantastic. Mm. So Wascana Parkway becomes Gatorade Drive. Exactly. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Or we could have, like, you know, the Shell Oil School. I, that, that's, that's an idea I can get behind. Yeah. And they're just, you know, they're probably, the one problem would be there'd probably be a lot of Evrazes. <laughs> and mosaics. It'd be like there'd be an entire na- uh, neighborhood of like Mosaic Crescent, Mosaic Way, Everaz yeah. Drive, and it would be. It could get a little confusing. Next thing they'll be naming like all our stadiums and festivals. Yes. After after these companies. Yeah, but think about the revenue that that would generate for the city. Wow. Yeah, massive, massive piles of change. Uh, what, what, what would we, what would we like name the Holy Rosary Cathedral? Um, I don't know. That's a yeah. good question. It would have to be something reverent and, um, you know, full of, like, uh, somber meaning. Uh, the Toys R Us Cathedral, maybe? Yes, for example. Yeah, because everybody loves toys. Exactly. Nothing's more wholesome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it would go great for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's that's the idea. That's the innovative revenue tool for this week. And 
if, uh, if, if that one doesn't uh, gain any traction upstairs, we have a bunch more here. Well, that's it for the innovative revenue tools for this week. Fairly innovative. Fairly. Fairly. I yeah. don't know if they were as good as the uh, selling all the names in the city idea. Yeah, I don't think anything is quite as good as that. Thanks. I think we've pretty I'll much hit peak peak innovative revenue tool. I'll pass that on to the committee. <laughs> Excellent. So next up, I believe we're going to be talking about laneway suites. Yeah, we have oh. another laneway suite horror story. I should mention before we get on to that, though, that today is the last day that people can submit uh, applications to develop their own laneway suite if they want to be part of the pilot project that the city is running. Right. And... Uh, and we've been we've been highlighting some of the uh, less less fortunate consequences of of you know developing laneway suites in other cities. Uh, and today we have one we have a laneway suite horror story, but it's from a renter. All right, so, I'm going I'm to turn on some music for that. Yeah, that that'll enhance the mood. I recently moved to a new city and thought that a laneway suite would be the affordable option for a young, upwardly mobile single like myself. I guess you could say I'm a hot single in your area. On my first night in the laneway suite, which was a uh, repurposed garage, second floor, I discovered a small door behind the bed in the bedroom. Upon opening it, I found an exact reproduction of this suite down to the smallest detail. I even noticed a pile of boxes in the corner that looked identical to the boxes I'd just brought in. QCIB, I then tried to leave the suite only to discover that the exit to the street opened up into the bedroom. I can't tell right now whether I'm trapped in the same suite or an infinite series of identical suites, and frankly I'm starting to feel a little panicky. The fridge is always stocked, the lights work, and there's oatmeal on the stove so I haven't gone hungry. But am I eating the same oatmeal over and over again? There are delicious little bits of apple in the oatmeal. Please free me. Sincerely, Hermione Forever 07. So that's, uh, that is, uh, that is the sad fate of Hermione Forever, who moved to a new city and thought she was getting a new start in life, only to be trapped in this, like, infinite loop of laneway sweetdom. Terrifying. I'm, yeah, I know, I'm terrified. Well, gosh, I'm, I'm glad that this whole laneway suite horror for Regina is starting to come to an end. <laughs> right? I guess it's just starting. Yeah, it's just it's, the applications that are ending. It's, yeah, who knows? I mean, now, now the project is going forward. We're going to see the, we're going to see stories like this happen, but in our own backyard. That's true. And other people's backyards. Yes. Well, not in our backyard. Not in our backyard. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> it's going to be in one of the residential neighborhoods, not in the basement of city halls. No, not basement. at all. No way. No. Unless we were to, like, you know, maybe open up a laneway suite. You know, that would be an excellent revenue opportunity. What could go wrong? I have nothing at all. I mean, perhaps if we could get people down here, they could let us out from no, time to time. That's not a bad idea. All right. Um, okay, so what is next on the agenda? Well, we're going to be moving on to some uh, outstanding improvements, and mm -hmm. we've got we've got a number of presentations actually for for this one. This is the uh, fossil election. Um, yeah, there's a really important election going on right now that's being dominated by a big mouthed predator with disturbingly tiny hands. 
some short-fingered vulgarian, you might say. Exactly. And, of course, we're talking about the campaign to find Saskatchewan's official fossil. Voting is taking place at the Royal Saskatchewan Museum right now. Nice. So, so like, who's, who's under consideration for this honor of the most popular fossil? It's a huge slate. You know, it's like one of those gonzo elections where pretty much, like, everybody comes out of the woodwork hoping to, you know, like, have their moment in the spotlight. You know, I've said it before, democracy does not work. No, and the debates are a complete, well, cluster F. Wow, I bet you, I bet you nobody... F stands for fossil. Ah, very good. Yeah. There's probably a lot of rattling and clanking, I imagine. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, not a lot of, like, ideas, not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, exchange of um, policy positions. Um, the, the, the fossils that are under consideration officially right now, there's a brontothere. What, what is a brontothere? It is a, uh, a, it's like a large mammal. Like uh, something between a cow and a rhinoceros. A cow-noceros, maybe? It's a cow-noceros, yeah. I think that's its, its usual name. Yeah. I That's what they called each other. Ah, okay. So the brontothere is just trying to be fancy. Exactly. That's, yeah. Also, there is Big Bert, the crocodile, so a prehistoric uh-huh. crocodile named Big Bert. I've actually met the skeleton uh, Get out. Of, of, the, of Big Bert. Yeah. yeah. Not much to say, but very impressive looking. That uh, sometimes is all you need to what? get to get by in an election. Yeah, that's what, it's just one of the pretty ones, like dumb but pretty. Right? Yeah. That's Big Bird for you. Yeah. Also up is uh, Mo, the long-necked plesiosaur. Wow. Yeah, Mo. so think Loch Ness Monster. That's Mo. Huh, with a, with a long neck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's also a mammoth, a woolly mammoth named Kyle. That is the worst name of all time. We'll talk to Kyle's mom then. <laughs> uh, I have nothing to say to Kyle's mom. <laughs> uh, there's also Herschel, a short-necked plesiosaur. Uh-huh. And then there's a Thessalosaurus, which is a small ornithopod, ornithopod oh. dinosaur. So like a little, you know, runty thing that runs around, eats eggs mostly. Wow, that sounds that sounds fantastic. I, I can see the votes just pouring in. Yeah. And then last but not least, Scotty. The Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, you know, that kind of feels like a foregone conclusion. There's like so much like publicity and hype. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And exit polling suggests that Scotty the T-Rex is pulling in huge votes, especially with like disaffected young voters. My God. Really young voters. <laughs> Very. I mean, yeah, it's weird. This election is bizarre because I'm beginning to think that there's not even like a voting age. No. On this one. No. And actually, technically, you can vote as many times as you want. Wow. This is a, this is, there's a lot of opportunity for corruption. Uh, I actually have a, I actually have a present, a very brief presentation to give. Yeah. Uh, about this, um, uh, if we'll just, uh, hold on one second here, we'll, uh, we'll pull them up. Is there any other music? Can we get the Lameway Sweets music again? (laughs) Really? Yeah. Why not? Sure. Hang on a sec. Okay. (laughs) Here you go. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Hello, Uh, this presentation, um, I'll read this. Uh, Hi, I'm uh, Mania Dangor, and I'm speaking as a representative of the Saskatchewan Short-Necked Advocacy Group, or SNAG, uh, proudly standing up for the rights of uh, short-necked denizens of this province. 
And uh, to that extent, I'd like to ask uh, the Bureau why uh, so many long-necked and short-armed animals are on this list. Uh, if you refer to Appendix B, uh, you'll see them listed there. And there's only one short-necked animal, uh, an SNA, as we like to call ourselves. Short SNAs are hardy and hard-working creatures. Uh, they're worthy of our respect. Uh, they're born with the uh, long-necked advantage given to so many of the other fossilized animals. On this list, if you um, if you look at Appendix E, you'll see uh, what I mean. Uh, do you know how hard the short-necked plesiosaur has to work to reach its food? No, I don't think you do, because the mainstream media is in the pocket of big neck. I'll, I'll now take any questions from the Bureau. Thank you. Um... That sounds fairly familiar. <laughs> and I've, I'm I'm not sure who who uh, Mania Dangor is, but I have I have my suspicions. Yeah, well, maybe we can like you know, bang into this gravel board and see if we can sort that one out. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's sad to hear that uh, the the short necked animals feel so disenfranchised going into this election. I know. It's, uh, I think, I think uh, Mr. Dangor should be... Uh, sh I, I felt it was important that his voice was heard. Yeah. 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 I've actually got some, um, some other uh, presentations here. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, first up, I have a... Uh, oh, sorry. I have a typical nine-year-old girl who wants everybody to vote for Brontotheers. Okay, well, let's hear what let's hear what this typical nine-year-old girl has to say. All right. Hi, I'm a typical nine-year-old girl, and this is my hot take on Saskatchewan's official fossil. I think everyone should vote for the Brontothor. I, I think that's pronounced Brontothor. Whatever. Just because I can't pronounce the name doesn't mean I can't vote for it. So I'm gonna list three reasons why you should vote for the Brontothor. One, the fossil we have is the skull and I think it looks like a slug and that's cool. Two, it's a vegetarian and we don't want a meat eater as our provincial fossil because we don't want it to gobble us up. So vote vegetarian. Three, the brontothere is a mammal just like us. Let's keep our provincial fossil in the taxonomic family. Yay! <laughs> that's why I think everyone should vote for the brontothere. So that's that's the take from the Brontothere side. The, she makes a compelling argument. She does. Uh, although uh, I think I, for one, would welcome like a fossil that would like come and gobble us all up. Oh, do you? Yes. Well, you know what? Somebody else would. We have a typical five-year-old. Who? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Now he came to a, he, he came uh, to us saying that uh, he would um, he would endorse the uh, Scotty the T-Rex candidate. But when we got him into the voting booth, or in, sorry, into the recording booth, things w went a little awry. And I'll play that now. No, I'm going to I'm going to tell my own. Hello, I'm a typical five-year-old. This is my hot take. Why why everyone have to vote for, 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 for T-Rex? And and hello. Uh, okay, can you um, ex what? Why should people vote for the? Uh... T-Rex. No, I'm going to my own. Okay. I'm going at my own parts. I can do do that. Okay. Why everyone have to vote 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 for a T-Rex? T-Rex are meat eaters. Now I'm totally going to eat a human. You don't want a T-Rex on the news eating everything. Don't vote for a T-Rex. 
Who said people vote for? What do you want when when people have to vote for again? You get to pick. It's your choice. Uh, no, no. What's it on this show again? Oh, okay. Mo the plesiosaur. Everyone on the level, Mo a plesiosaur. It is a meat eater or not? I don't know. It is yes. It's a meat eater. Yes. I don't want a meat eater. He only eats fish. <laughs> he only eats fish. What for? Meat eaters only eat fish. Well, I'm voting for Mo the plesiosaur because uh, I, don't, I don't care about uh, about the uh, short-necked advocacy group or yeah. or if, even the powerful arguments of the typical nine-year-old. Do not sway me. I'm going to vote for some uh, thing that eats fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A long-necked plesiosaur, I think, is the way to go. <laughs> um, personally, you know, I think that considering that for the vast majority of Saskatchewan's history, like for hundreds of millions of years, it, it was underwater. I think mm-hmm. a deep sea leviathan is the obvious choice to lead our, our province I agree. as a fossil. Um, because when the high waters return, because eventually we will we will always eventually sink back into the briny depths. That's true. I mean, I believe that's actually the the mayor of the sea. That's that's his platform. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who we should totally have on the show at he, some point. He's playing the long game. He is. Yes. Yeah. Just wait. Just waiting for. Just waiting for the for the city to be submerged, so he can take his rightful place as ruler. Yeah. Do you think Michael With, Fougere can breathe underwater? Absolutely not. Neither can Scotty the T Rex. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's the mayor, the mayor of the sea, and uh, and Mo the plesiosaur at his side. That's uh. Wow, that's a that's a ticket that can't win or can't lose. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, no, they maybe they can't win. Maybe yeah. they can't win like legally, but they can win in our hearts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, the list. Uh, you've got a crocodile. You've got a long neck plesiosaur. You've got a short neck plesiosaur. They're kind of splitting the marine based life form vote there. I, I thought you were even the plesiosaur vote. That's true. I thought you were going to say that we got some green alligators and long neck goose. Oh my God! I wish some, I had some humpy back camels and some chimpanzees. I wish I had said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so people should know that. Well, we, pe- people should know what? that the Queen City Improvement Bureau broadcasts its weekly meetings on ninety-one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. They, it's true. They should know. Um, so just. Final notes on the fossil election. It continues through the month of April. And uh, you will be able to vote uh, in the museum. Uh, You've been able to vote in the museum for a couple of months now. You can continue to vote in the museum, uh, the basement floor with all the geology and uh, fossil exhibits uh, through the month of April. Starting April 11th, they will have voting online so that uh, people from all over the province will be able to, uh, you know, be part of this magnificent decision for the province, what powers will the uh, will the fossils have? Do you think? I have no idea. They haven't mentioned. I mean, will they have like like just minor sort of like legislative powers? Will they have the power of like life and death over us? Well, you know, it couldn't it couldn't be so bad if they could, had either. Really, couldn't hurt. No, no. I mean, how bad could it be? I mean, are they gonna are they not gonna make worse decisions than like you know the usual human decisions? I'm sure. Yeah. Do you think that Do you think that they would be more or less inclined to sort of like uh, drive the province, you know, more into the back pocket of the fossil fuel in- industry? 
Uh, that's a good question, because, I mean, on the one hand, I mean, they are fossils. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, do, they, do these particular fossils want to be exploited for, like, the eventual oil that will come from their bones? Maybe not. They might be really upset about that. They might. If anything, they'll probably drive us into, like, the like biotechnology so they can get some skin back. Yeah, gosh. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah. They're yeah. like, let's 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 get let's get like our bones closed in a bit of skin and muscle and tendon and all the other stuff. Uh so we can get back to um you know, returning this like land to like the prehistoric times. Right. So let's stop burning the fossils, get them mm-hmm. some skin. That's a great yeah. platform to run on. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um the announcement for which fossil has been selected will be, uh, I spoke to the people at the museum and they said late April, early May. They're not 100% sure when they'll be making the announcement. I've asked them if they'll come on, you know, talk to us about the uh, the, the official Saskatchewan fossil when the decision is made and they uh, hopefully will be able to do that. Hmm. Yeah. By the way, this is off topic, uh, sure. but if any of you out there are looking to go see Batman v Superman, uh, maybe this weekend, don't do it. Oh, Yes. Yeah. I I haven't seen it, so you're saying I shouldn't. It should never be seen. Okay. I won't do that then. See it. Okay. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Okay, next up, uh, we've got a quick little look at the city council meeting that happened on Monday the 29th. Right. Not a lot of detail. No, unfortunately, they uh, usually we sneak in through the vents and are able to uh, watch the proceedings and get some audio, um, but they walled up the vents because they're tired of us knocking around, apparently. So uh, we had to uh, just go by some second-hand reports. Yeah, I remember hearing that they were, you know, they were sick of those filthy rats coming yes. in through the vents and messing up the meetings and, you know, saying horrible things about it. Um, and I thought they were talking about literal rats, but I'm yeah. worried now they might be well, talking about us that would hurt well i said i heard that and i said look i'm not a filthy rat and they screamed and ran i mean i was i mean they i was in the vent at the time so <laughs> well um good thing we were able to like you know find out a few things uh, after the fact on the internet <laughs> the internet is so useful it is uh last week we had judith Farisak from the regina downtown business improvement district uh, come in and talk to us about their plan to uh, take over all of Regina, but first by taking over like uh, part of Broad Street and a few other blocks and just expand what's counted as downtown. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's going to happen? Yes. Yep. Cool. Yes, I went before council and council said okie dokie to that. Um, council also voted in favor of giving the Saskatchewan Multicultural Center Association a three-year property tax exemption. That, I think, is good news. Yeah, I think it's just kind of unmitigated awesome news. Yeah. Uh, they're an organization that promotes the retention of heritage languages in Saskatchewan. By the, Mostly they just teach classes. Uh, they're important for, you know, helping newcomers to the country, you know, feel welcome. And, you know, their kids can go and, like, learn their language mm-hmm. at uh, these, these programs. But the uh, Multicultural Center Association uh, recently found out that uh, the province was going to be ending their funding. And at the same time, they found out their property taxes were shooting up through the roof because of the, uh, the, the reassessment. Re- reassessment, yeah. thank you. Um, so the city has agreed to give them three years to sort of get back on their feet uh, without any proper ta- property tax so that they can stick around. Councillor Hawkins referred to this as, this is the kind of motion, the rare kind of motion that defines who we are as a city. That's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. 
Uh, and the last thing I thought we should talk about, the other like good news item on the council agenda was... Dog parks? Yeah, actually, dog parks, they passed too. Dog parks, yes. Yeah. Yeah, there was, there were some very uh, impassioned uh, and cheerful uh, presentations on the value of dog parks. Yeah. And people actually, instead of, instead of, you know, other people saying things like, well, what are the effects of, you know, dogs running around, like, on the ground? Should their feet be tested? Should we make them wear little booties? Uh, perhaps we should do a study and come and come back to this in 2020. Did not do that. Really? Yeah. So we're going to be getting dog parks just like that. Just yeah. Wow. The, uh, they, they actually there was raised the question was raised about the possible dangers of having big dogs and little dogs put into close proximity. Please tell me you're kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not kidding. That that actually was raised. Are they going to demand segregated dog parks? Well, you know this is Saskatchewan. Between Davin and Douglas, <laughs> they might want to keep they want want to keep the the dogs apart. The Chihuahuas and the Mastiffs That's are right. going to be just, kept apart. This shouldn't mix. Oh yeah. man, there, there's a love that doesn't speak its no. name. Um, <laughs> the, no, I think I think they uh, I think there's they're, they're moving forward with this. Apparently, I, I don't know all the details, uh, but I don't think they're going to have like weird segregated dog parks because, you know. Like how how fine like gradation do you have you know before every dog has to be in its own little cubicle? Yeah, and then we're just right back where we started. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> and where we can get them sort of like you know, gnawing on a bone and they're filling out reports. Yeah, you know, just get them get them to work. Oh God, it sounds like us. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how we wound up here? <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, well the the last one that I was going to mention was the. Uh, the council passed a motion directing staff to uh, come to present a report before the end of the year on uh, ways that the city can support uh, the truth and the the work of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And uh, the report is supposed to talk about how we can work with um, Aboriginal leaders to do that. Mm-hmm. So again, another sort of like unmitigated success for our council this week. And other things happened, but who cares? Yeah. We won't talk about that. No. No. Um, so last up on the agenda, I have, I'm sorry, the the whole like voting on the fossil thing, I kind of lost my notes <laughs> and my marbles and I'm kind of confused here. Oh, right. Okay. Stop, stop, stop taking notes on marbles. It seems, <laughs> it seems a, pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a lot of effort to write your notes on marbles and then they just you know, go everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and the kids um, in the street are probably playing with them right now. But we don't get paper down here so, that often. I need to, we need to conserve. And yet, for some reason, we have so many marbles. <laughs> um, yeah, that marble. I think it was like an old like improvement idea that just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So now we've got like you know a room full of marbles. Yeah. Open the door and just marbles you really don't want to open that door. <laughs> That's a door you don't open down here. Uh, oh yeah, the last thing is the snow root consultation. The uh, April fifth. St. Mary's Hall at 4.30, April 7th at Archbishop M.C. O'Neill High School. Its temporary name eventually is going to be called the um, the Pizza Hut oh, High School. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, they're going to be holding a consultation about establishing potential designated snow routes throughout the city and the parking restrictions to go along with them. I don't know how they expect to get the snow to fall on these routes, not just like everywhere like it usually does. But, you know, if they can pull that off, more power to them. I think uh, I think they're going to seed the clouds very specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chemtrails. I think they're going to use chemtrails. Okay, there you go. 
Uh, science. Science yeah. solved the problem. And as long as too many people don't buy those uh, crystals that keep chemtrails away. The orgone uh, cr- crystals? Yeah, the ones you can put out in your yard and keep like chemtrails in the upper atmosphere from uh, bothering you, then th- everything should be just fine. So really they shouldn't be putting in parking restrictions. They should be putting in crystal restrictions. E- exactly. All right. Yeah. Okay, I think that's it for the formal agenda. Um, we should talk about... Uh, uh, an innovative revenue tool from a few weeks back. Oh, yes. CJTR Look and Listen Lottery. Oh, yes. I mean, it's innovative revenue tool, not so much for the city, but definitely for CJTR radio. Yeah, 91.3. FM. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the grand prize, it's a choose-your-own-vacation shtick this time around where you can pick one of four cool locations for your vacation. Cleveland, Ohio, Nashville, Tennessee, New Orleans, Louisiana, and Las Vegas, Nevada. The second prize is a $1,000 travel voucher with Carlson Wagenli-Rickert Travel. How's that? That's really good. Thanks. I think Carl- I think Carlson Wagenli-Rickert Travel will be quite pleased to hear you pronounce those names so well. Pretty close. Uh, and the third prize is a Regina Folk Festival 2016 experience. A two-weekend passes to the Folk Fest. Fourth prize is you're fired. <laughs> Um, yeah, I might take that one. Uh, the ticket information, 20 bucks each, and there's only going to be 1,500 available, so your odds of winning are better than any game at the casino. Um, and we're selling tickets, you and me. We are. And I'm desperate to get rid of mine because I don't know anybody to sell tickets to. So if you want to buy tickets from me, I please, please, I beg you. <laughs> Contact me at at Paul Deshane. Don't misspell the name because you won't find me. But, yeah, just tweet at me at at Paul Deshane, and I will get you tickets. You can do the same at, uh, at Palanode, which is, which is me on yeah. Twitter. All right. Um, beyond that, I think we're pretty much done and can call for so, a motion to adjourn, maybe? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, you're going to call. I'll second that motion. Okay. I'm voting in favor of adjournment. Nice. Me, too. Okay, everything's going so well. Motion to adjourn the meeting. Motion has passed. You have been listening to the weekly broadcast of the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR. Thanks to our guest tonight, Barbara Tomborowski, uh from the Cathedral Village Arts Festival. And thanks, of course, to Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire, for our smashingly good uh, theme music. Find us at Twitter at Queen City IB or our website, queencityib.com. You can catch our podcast on cjtr.ca slash podcasts or subscribe to us on iTunes. Or, of course, you can go to queencityib.com and find them there, along with great photography and occasional memo. Uh, coming up next on CJTR is, the I believe, is the Nerdcore Cabaret with Medi V, followed by Sask-centric Electric and that cockpit. I think that's two different shows. But that's okay. Good night, everybody, and keep on improving.